everybody. Welcome back to the Ghouls Room. We're your hosts. I'm Emmy. And I'm Julia. And welcome back to the Halloween special of your favorite spooky, scary stories. Because, you know, we're still taking a break from cryptids and ghosts, like the generic. I mean, we're still talking about kind of monsters and in, in ghosts, yeah. just in the sense of Halloween's coming up and it's spooky season. So we're jumping in on that. Um, do you want to share our social medias? Yeah, so you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at the Ghouls Room underscore in between each word. We have a Facebook and a Patreon called the Ghouls Room, and then we have a Gmail which is called the Ghouls Room Podcast with a period in between each word. And we are now video recording our podcasts for our tiers three and four. If you want to join us, and for the lower tiers, you get to see all the artwork that Emmy's been working on, and during this <laughs> Halloween special, she's been making like. Like thirst trap, I'd say drawings of the different creatures. So we had like a sexy Grim Reaper, um, a sexy oh my god, headless horseman, and yeah. you'll see what she's made for this week. But it is very gorgeous. <laughs> I love it. Ten out of ten. Thank so if you, you want to see those, <laughs> they're so good. You can see us on blessed Patreon. today. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> Just a reminder that everything that we've been talking about has been researched by outside parties. So thank you to those people who did the research, wrote the articles, you know, did all that good stuff and made it public for people like us to read and, you know, continue sharing. So thank yeah. you and don't sue us for doing our best. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> ah. Oh, God. So here we go. Again, round yeah, so, 12, 11, 13. <laughs> I think last week was 13. Today is the 14th episode, but it is the 12th. I shouldn't have called those episodes way back in the beginning, like 7.5, because that really just messed everything up. Now we're up. all screwed up. We're all messed <laughs> we're up. All I, messed I apologize. Up now. It's my fault. But um, England is like, all of a sudden overnight, we hit fall. Like, I was sweating my balls off. Just being outside and existing. And then literally overnight, you need sweatshirts. It's cold. The leaves are falling. And it's raining all the time. It just, Dude, it, it's, it's the same <laughs> thing here. Like, I mean, this isn't healthy. I wouldn't advise this to anyone. If You should leave your house every once in a while. But I just <laughs> don't. So the last time I went outside, it was, everything was like super green and super warm. <laughs> I went outside yesterday and i was like wow it's cold and i was like are these leaves on the ground and my boyfriend was like oh yeah. you gotta leave you gotta leave the house like, no he's like you can't just stay inside with the blinds closed and i was like oh well i don't even think about it i was like i got my coffee and my games in here like it's all good like, it's fine but it's fall now i guess i am a window open type of girl in all weather and bless my flatmates because one of them I think is very clear like I think she gets cold very easily and I'm sitting here it is pouring rain and my window is wide open because I'm like yes give me the fresh air I need it and she'll just <laughs> mention in passing she's like oh, I, I'm like I have like five ladies. and to be fair I'm not just being a dick like my bedroom door shut kind of thing I'm not just like <laughs> you're not just like opening up every single window and like the entire <laughs> flat <laughs> Here it is. But yeah, I'll like walk from my bedroom out into the hallway and it's so warm in the hallway and I'm like, oh, no, I need my, my, my gremlin cave. <laughs> well, my, my mindset is, you know, why dress down when you can dress up? Like, why? Exactly. Like, I don't want to sit in like a tank top and shorts in my yeah. room. I want to be cozy, cozy, cozy. Wrap exactly. me up in... In fuzzy goodness. I don't want to be sweating. She gets me. She gets me. I want to be in 10 layers of blankets. I have a weighted blanket now too, which is a game changer. And Those are amazing. I love it. So I just like being in my 10 layers. But um, Emmy has introduced a new fear into my life. Uh, <laughs> just as a complete subject change. Because Classic. I keep looking at it. And it makes me very <laughs> nervous. So I'm in so my bedroom... <laughs> For our non-viewers and for our viewers, there is a window above my bedroom door that you can see. 
Um, all the bedroom doors have it. I don't know why. It's just there. It's very high up. And Emmy mentioned, <laughs> she's like, what if it was just 2 a.m. and someone like peeks above the window and is looking into your bedroom and And of course like my mind isn't even thinking of just like a person i'm thinking of like the babadook or like something stop (laughs) i hate him and so uh, literally i just got full body chills and it's just because the way my viewing setup is is i can see the window in my monitor and so I just keep looking at it. And I'm almost and I'm also home alone right now. I feel like I should mention it. it's 8 p.m. Oh, so it's God. pitch black out. So I'm just scared in general. And Emmy brings up that. And I was like, you bitch. <laughs> I mean, I won't lie to you. I'm also staring at that window and also the fat cat because of the distance. <laughs> like the picture kind of pixelates a little in the background. So it looks like his face is moving. So I'm just kind of like <laughs> looking at me and this cat are like we're almost vibing, but every once in a while, he, like, gets a little pixelated, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you stay still there, little cat. You're not real. You're not real life. I we're posted trying. a photo of said cat on Instagram, in case you're confused, and uh, one of our followers said he either wanted to call him, like, little bastard or eggy, <laughs> and I kind of like eggy. I'm not gonna lie. Also, the person who suggested it, fun fact, is um the author of The No Sleep that I read last week. Oh, which I thought was really good. Because yeah. I found out. I did they find the legality. Nice. They were. The legality of it is you just ask. <laughs> That's the whole oh. legality of it. It's like, uh, you can read it if America's you ask them. Tough. So I was just like, hey, can I read your story? And they're like, hell yeah. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Thank That's you. what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I think this cat is going to be named Eggy. He do be looking it's- like an egg, though. Exactly. Like, he's a little rotund kind of thing. Like he's living his best yeah, he's life. He's extremely rotund. Well, he's actually uh, he's a very sad cat, so I don't know if he's living his best <laughs> life. But it's fine. He's a little weepy. Oh, <laughs> uh, he's just a little. It's very Renaissance esque. That's uh, that's why exactly. I like it. I lo- the vibe is so immaculate. <laughs> dare I say? Exactly, got immaculate vibes. <laughs> oh God. So, what you what do you bring into the table today, Julia? What what have, so, what have you researched for us this week? Well, I researched one thing, and then I remembered I told you I was doing something else, so I did a full research of one topic, and then I went, "Oh wait, am I supposed to be doing witches?" Oh, <laughs> so, did you did you end up having to switch and do the witches, or did you now? Do you just have two weeks done? Do you just have two I weeks I have two weeks done, done now. I Damn have two it. weeks of research done. Um. So I am doing witches this week. Specifically, I'm doing the Salem witch trials because I don't know if it's more of a U.S. thing or a like Northeast U.S. thing, but it's like any time in school during Halloween, we always learned about the Salem witch trials. Oh, yeah. They were super spooky and just so messed up. But um, I just wanted to quickly go over my sources real quick. Um. Because I went researching, y'all. So She went hard. He did. Um, So we have Paul Boyer and Stephen Nessenbaum, 1972, Salem Village Witchcraft, a documentary record of the local conflict in colonial New England, Northeastern University Press. Um, Then we have John Hale, a modest inquiry into the nature of witchcraft, written in 1696. Holy hell. Right? We have Secrets of the Dead, The Witch's Curse, uh, 2014. Justiceatsalem.com. And then we have Salem Witch Trials, The Perception of Women in History, Literature and Culture, written in 2010 by Anna Cusick. But there is an accent on that last C, so I don't know what that means. (laughs) So it's probably not Cusick, but sorry. (laughs) I do apologize. Maybe that's what I was thinking. Um, it was from Serbia, so... Oh, God. I don't know. I have no idea. So, I also feel like... I'm not entirely sure, but if this is a thing that might just be more popular in the U.S. kind of thing, um, the Salem Witch Trials took place in colonial Massachusetts between February 1692 and May 1693, which it kind of surprised me how... I just kind of expected it to be longer. When you hear about, like, how many people were accused, what horrible things went on, it was a little over a year, and that's it. 
it seems like a whole lifetime, like a whole lifetime of people were affected. Yes, yes, definitely. And actually more than 200 people ended up being accused of being witches during this time span. 30 were found guilty and 19 of whom were hanged, 14 of which were women and five were men. Uh, One man, Corey Giles, was pressed to death for refusing to plead guilty and at least five others died while in prison. And I don't know if you know what pressing is or if our listeners don't, but it's literally like you take this giant wooden board that is kind of like the size of the person and you put heavy things on it, like stones, and you literally just press them to death. Like you squish them. But I'm pretty sure it's slow. Yeah, when I visited Salem... A couple years ago, there was this guy who was talking about it on the streets or whatever. There's a lot of locals who will just, like, host their own sort of, like, yeah. information sessions, like, in the streets, mm-hmm. basically. Especially around the graveyards, which I find super disturbing. And I'm like, oh, okay, what the <laughs> But they, he was talking about how some people, like, literally, you would have all the townspeople would all have, like, a heavy object. And they would take turns going up and putting it on top of the board. Like, it was like a, yeah. like a lot of, like, it was like, I don't know, everyone, like, worked together to murder these people. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. It was, it was like a weird about. bonding time. They were just like, thank God it's not me. Therefore, I'm going to participate. Because they're like, well, if it's not me. Yeah, it was oh. not good. I've actually, I've been there too. Uh, my best friend from uni, Drew, lives in, just kidding. I'm going to exclude that. <laughs> wait. Um, Cut that out. Cut that out. I was like, wait, I don't want to expose where he lives. But uh, my best friend from uni, Drew, lived nearby. And so I went to Salem but I think I went, it was during Easter because I would spend Easter with his families because as a Jewish oh, yeah, girl, I, forgot. I would be like would... left at uni. So he was just like one year. He was just like, do you just want to come to Easter with my family? And it became Dude, this like, I tradition. Dude, I completely forgot that happened, that you did that <laughs> yeah. with him. It was, it started as this joke one year. I think we were both drunk and he drunk texts his mom and he's like, hey, can Julia come to Easter tomorrow? And she was just kind of like, yeah, sure. And like, it was a good Three or four hour drive, I think, where he lived. Oh my god. And he woke up the next morning and he was like, uh, Julia, you're coming to family Easter because my mom said yes. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it was a great time and I ended up going like two more times after that. But anyway, so so I have been there too. And it's just a lot of the buildings, they've kind of kept the same and they have a lot of plaques and like memorials showing what happened there. And it's really creepy to say the least. Um... And this was actually the deadliest witch hunt in America and one of the most notorious cases of mass hysteria in the country. And yeah, I was going to make some joke about mass hysteria in the country right now, but never mind. I mean, do, <laughs> just just open up any social media and you'll get the joke. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's getting pretty dirty. So. <laughs> November 3rd. <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> Uh, so what exactly happened? In February 1692, in the town of Salem, Betty Paris, a nine-year-old girl, and her cousin Abigail Williams, who was 11 years old at the time, who were the daughter and the niece of Reverend Samuel Paris, began to have fits that were described as, and I quote, beyond the power of epileptic fits or natural disease to affect, and that was by John Hale, the minister of the nearby town of Beverly. The girls screamed, threw things about the room, uttered strange sounds, crawled under furniture, and contorted themselves into peculiar positions, according to the eyewitness account of Reverend Theodat Lawson, a former minister in Salem Village. The girls would complain of being pinched and pricked with pins, and a doctor, historically assumed to be William Griggs, I guess they weren't entirely sure, uh, could find no physical evidence of any ailment. Other young women in the village began to exhibit similar behaviors. When Lawson preached as a guest in the Salem Village Meeting House, he was interrupted several times by the outbursts of the afflicted. And so, the first three accused of causing these afflictions were Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tichuba, with Tichuba being the first accused. Sarah Good was an extremely poor woman who was accused of witchcraft because of her reputation. So essentially she was poor. So they were like, she's a witch. And it, yeah. Great. The whole like reputation thing really, really yeah. damaged some women. You will see then. that really plays into a lot of the accusations here. Um, at her trial, she was accused of rejecting Puritan ideals of self-control 
and discipline when she chose to torment and scorn children instead of leading them towards the path of salvation. And in case you couldn't tell, that last bit was a quote. That is not something I wrote. Um, Yeah. So I guess from what I'm reading and stuff, she just wasn't super happy with children. She wasn't like, oh, you're all gifts of God. She was probably old and cranky and was like, get the fuck out of my way, which understandable. Eric, my brother, actually chested a paper on the Salem Witch Trial, so I think I read oh. what you're just reading because I helped him with his research. Oh! <laughs> so, okay! Like, oh, that's super familiar. I'm pretty sure I also helped him quote that in his paper. <laughs> well, we got the but, same um, sources. Yeah. Huh. So, like, a lot of, like, the women, if you didn't like children or had children, like, they thought mm. you were a witch because... Uh, in misogyny freaking anti-women times if you weren't breathing and having babies or if you weren't interested in that something was messed up upstairs in your head because everyone's like but that's what you were made for and you're like no they're like how could you not want children it's like yeah like witchcraft (laughs) yeah they're like well you're a witch (laughs) um (laughs) moving on to the next was sarah osborne and she rarely attended church meetings so she was accused of witchcraft because the Puritans believed that Osborne had her own self-interests in mind following her remarriage to an indentured servant. And the citizens of the town disapproved of her trying to control her son's inheritance from her previous marriage. So it sounds like, I feel like that alone is quite um, scandalous for the time that she married an indentured servant. Uh, the fact that she got divorced alone. That, true. Yes. Is super scandalous. You know Either, what I mean? Well, like it said she was that... remarried, so I didn't actually see. Oh, maybe he first... was dead. Maybe he died. I don't know. Who or knows? she got a divorce. Mm. But either way, she's causing alarm for people. And the fact that she was in control of the money. And they were like, uh, oh, no, that goes to your son, the man of the house. Woman have money. No. <laughs> What you mean, woman hold money? Women have no ways to hold money. Only man no hold money. No brain, woman. Pea brain, pin woman. <laughs> and then lastly, we have Tichiba, who is an enslaved South African Indian woman from the West Indies. I will go on, though, because there is kind of some controversy. Well, not controversy, but discussion as to where she was actually from. She likely became a target because because of her ethnic differences from most of the other villagers. Uh, She was accused of attracting girls like Abigail Williams and Betty Paris with stories of enchantment from Malleus Maleficarum. And the Malleus Maleficarum, which I looked it up. Is It's translated to meaning the Hammer of Witches, and it's the best-known treatise on witchcraft, and it was written by the Catholic clergyman Heinrich Kramer, and was first published in the German city of Speyer in 1486. I am sorry, Laura, who is listening, my German flatmate, I am sure I butchered <laughs> all pronunciation, but... Rest in peace. <laughs> I am sorry. These tales about sexual encounters with demons swaying the minds of men and fortune telling. Right, that's a little sus. That's a little <laughs> sus. I get, okay, I get why she was accused, okay? Like, she I mean, probably, obviously, I do not support, like, dying over witchcraft unless, unless you're using it to commit human sacrifice and actually yeah. hurt people, like, innocent people. Yeah. Like, definitely didn't, as far as my knowledge goes, deserve to die, but, like, in the times, yeah. like, sex with demons, like, it's a little sus. It's well, a little sus. Well, maybe they were sexy demons, but I liked the whole, like, That's the swaying true. of minds of men. They were just like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. She was too <laughs> sexy. Um, and there was also, I guess, fortune telling. And it was said to stimulate the imaginations of girls and made Tichibala an obvious target of accusations. But I wanted to talk a little bit more in depth about Tichiba. Tichiba was married to a Native American man by the name of John oh Indian. And I can tell you right now, that is not his real name. <laughs> There's no way. They definitely changed it Ugh. to make it westernized or whatever. To make him... Yeah, did really? They do it for a lot of Native people, didn't they cha- you, oh, yeah. you were given like a Western name so people could... Yeah, they, they did it to my family when we came over to the u.s yeah. they were like your name is too jewish your last name is now smith and it was like okay <laughs> fine <laughs> but the fact that a boring. native american man's <laughs> name is john indian like 
That's a Get lie. Out of here. That's a but, lie. Uh, yeah, I know. As I kind of mentioned earlier, Tichuba's race has often been described in later accounts as of Carib Indian or African descent, but contemporary sources describe her only as an Indian, in quotes. Research by Elaine Breslau has suggested that Tichuba may have been captured in what is now known as Venezuela and brought to Barbados, and so may have been an Arawak Indian. And that's kind of just important so that you'll hear more about her witchcraft or accused witchcraft and where it came from. Other slightly later descriptions of her by Governor Thomas Hutchinson's writing his history of Massachusetts Bay Colony in the 18th century describe her as a Spanish Indian, and in that day that typically meant a Native American from the Carolinas slash Georgia slash Florida area. Kind of interestingly, her husband went on to become one of the accusers in the witch trials. Thanks, John. That's pretty, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. <laughs> like, it's until death do us part. Like, you, you're in that together, all right? Don't act like you didn't know what you were getting yourself into when you met her. Yeah. She seems like a very confident woman in her beliefs. He's sus. I think he... John. I think she became too strong up here in the brain. In the brain cave. And he was like, can't have that. Cannot yeah. have that. To be fair, I don't know much about John other than that. But Me neither. Uh, sorry, John. Sorry, but <laughs> We just don't know if she was, like, actually a sociopath, like, trying to kill him. And we're just over here, like, No, you, we're gonna John? go on. Because... So she was the first one to actually confess to witchcraft. So she was accused, but she did also then confess to it. In March 1692, she initially denied her involvement in witchcraft, and then Tichuba later confessed to making what was called a witch cake. But this was after she was beaten by Samuel Paris with the intention of getting a confession. So that was definitely, that was under duress. So yeah, that's illegal. (sighs) You can't. Well, it is now. (laughs) I don't think in the 1600s. Oh, that's true. (laughs) Yeah. That's illegal. Uh, Shut up. (laughs) Yeah. But um, Lawson's account describes this cake as a means to discover witchcraft and provides other details, such as that it was made from rye meal and the urine from the afflicted girls and was fed to a dog. I don't know how this happening. I don't know how this allows you to discover witchcraft. What? (laughs) Do you give dogs the ability to like smell them then? Maybe. (laughs) Just sniff them out. Man, those poor dogs. That's awesome. awesome (laughs) Honestly, dogs don't care. My dogs That's used true. to eat my cat's poop. They do not care. That's true. I wouldn't feed my dog my own pee, though. It seems, seems like abusive. I don't know. Something, something yeah, sick true. about it. There's true, something, true. Something just nasty about that. <laughs> I'll give you that. When questioned later, she added that she knew about occult techniques from her mistress in Barbados, who taught her how to ward herself from evil powers and how to reveal the cause of witchcraft. Since such knowledge was not meant for harm, Tichuba again asserted to Paris she was not a witch, but admitted that she had participated in an occult ritual when she made the witch cake in an attempt to help Elizabeth Paris. She admits to witchcraft, but she admits to saying like, no, 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 I'm not harming these girls. I'm trying to help you kind of thing. She was taught good magic, I guess I would say, is what she, she was said. A good witch. She was a good witch. <laughs> I don't know. So then Tichiba, Sarah Good, and Sarah Osborne were sent to jail in Boston to await trial and punishment on March 7, 1692. Despite these confessions, there is no proof that she did the things to which she confessed. However, but I like to believe she was a nice witch who was just trying to help out. Me too. That's pretty <sighs> positive. Yeah. Each of these women was kind of an outcast and exhibited many of their character traits typical of the usual suspects for witchcraft accusations. They were left to defend themselves also, which is a big problem. Just single That's women trying up. to defend. Yeah, it's it wasn't going to be a good. Ma- in a male society, which I'm assuming the courts were all men, and they're like, oh, yeah. hey, I Absolutely. know the odds are against me, and I know you're all accusing me, but like... What about yeah. what I have to Let say? Let me like, show what, you. What is that? That, that, that does not even make, make fucking sense, bro. Yeah. It doesn't even yeah. make sense. So they were brought before the local magistrates on the complaint of witchcraft, and they were interrogated for several days, starting on March 1st, 1692, then sent to jail. In March, others were accused of witchcraft, including Martha Corey, Dorothy Good, and Rebecca Nurse in Salem Village, and Rachel Clinton in nearby Ipswich. Martha Corey had expressed skepticism about the credibility of the girl's accusations, 
and thus drawn attention to herself. So you can't even oh. say, uh, what's what's going on here? Who are these girls to accuse people? And they were like, witch, burner. <laughs> they're like, y- you're with, they're just trying to protect them. I'm like, my God, yeah, maybe like, if they're what? innocent. <laughs> like, what the, that's the whole point of court. That's the whole fucking board court. (laughs) But the charges against her and Rebecca Nurse actually deeply troubled the community because Martha Corey was a full covenanted, covenanted, yes, covenanted member. (laughs) She belonged to the church in Salem. She belonged to the church. (laughs) She belonged to the church. She was a full member. She was very, an outgoing member in the church in Salem Village. And Rebecca Nurse was also the same in the church in Salem Town, which I, I guess they were slightly different. But it started making people nervous because they were like, if such upstanding people could be witches, then anybody could be a witch. And church membership was clearly no protection from accusation, which is where it just kind of started spiraling because they're like, well, if they can be witches, anyone can be witches. And it's like, oh, no. <laughs> How could you think that? Look what you've done. Look what you've started. I know. So then Dorothy Good, the daughter of Sarah Good, one of the first three women accused, was only four years old, but was not exempted from questioning from the magistrates. And her answers were construed as a confession that implicated her mother. I don't know what she said, but she's four years old. She doesn't know what's yeah, happening. She, she, for all she like, knows, she probably thinks this is a huge game. And she's like, oh my god, we're playing like fairies and yeah, witches and, like, and like whatever. Ugh. And she's like, my mom's a witch. And her mom's like, you fucking bitch. How oh did you god, do this to I me? know. And then in Ipswich, <gasps> oh, again, man. Rachel Clinton was arrested for witchcraft at the end of March on independent charges unrelated to the afflictions of the girls in Salem Village. So I don't know what she did, but she pissed someone off, essentially. Yeah, and someone then, got mad, so she had to go. Yeah. <laughs> she pissed a guy yeah. off. I'm not gonna, <laughs> witch. <laughs> See you later. <sighs> what the hell? There were also uh, different tests to find a witch. The most infamous application of the belief in effluvia, which I looked it up, means an unpleasant or harmful odor or discharge. I don't quite understand. I don't... In the in the reference I of this feel, sentence. I feel like... But because the rest of the sentence goes on to say that, like, so the in- most infamous application of the belief in effluvia was the touch test. I'm like... I'll explain what the touch what test mean? is, but I'm not quite sure where the unpleasant or harmful odor is coming from. Is, I guess just maybe the witch's like, smell? Like, is that from, like, like... No, not down there. Down low? I, just, oh, I, was I, like, I was like, I was like, the brutality, like, my god, those are not the times, man. Like, we have, like, bath bombs and stuff now. I was like... So now we're just going to burn people for like, for like relatively poor hygiene in a time where it probably wasn't 100% thought out right? I was like, these poor women, they're just trying their fucking best. When I was looking up the definition, the most commonly used uh, example was like a chimney. Where like you would oh okay I don't know it would like exude you were like I don't an know in a discharge yeah. I was like I know yeah wait <laughs> I, like, I didn't even think damn. of that. Whoops. Damn. Uh, oh, sorry, listeners. Had so, to bring it up. Oops. Sorry. Nope, not what I meant. But, uh, me. <laughs> so, it was this examination where essentially, like, if the accused witch touched the victim while the victim was having a fit and the fit stopped, observers believed that meant that the accused was the person who had afflicted the victim. And so, as several of those accused later recounted, like, this is a quote, We were blindfolded and our hands were laid upon the afflicted persons, they being in their fits and falling into their fits at our coming into their presence, as they said. Some led us and laid our hands upon them, and then they said they were well and that we were guilty of afflicting them, whereupon we were all seized as prisoners by a warrant from the justice of the peace and the forthwith forthwith carried to Salem. So what I'm imagining here is the wit, the accused are blindfolded and the people having the Which fits is unfair. aren't. So it's like, yeah, duh. They can just be like, oh, she's touching me. Time to stop. And it's like. Ugh. Yeah. And like people can yeah. give signs of like who to act up and who shouldn't act yeah. up. You know, this just. Yeah. 
you know, I frick know. those people, man. I like, know. How, how how frustrating it must have been to be an accused witch. Like, my God, you fucking idiots. I'm not a goddamn witch. It's like, stop. Let I'm just free. old. <laughs> I just don't want kids. Yeah. I just smell weird. I can <laughs> um, The Reverend John Hale explained how this supposedly worked. The witch, by the cast of her eye, sends forth a malefic venom into the bewitched to cast him into a fit and therefore the touch of the hand doth by sympathy cause that venom to return into the body of the witch again. God, well, with that logic. <sighs> yeah, I know. Other evidence included the confessions of the accused, testimony by a confessed witch who identified others as witches, which <sighs> they would be, they would say, give us the name of other witches and we'll let you go or something like that. So they would li- literally just be like, her, just anyone. Yeah. Give them a name I mean, kind of thing. Not to like be be a snitch, but I'd do the same. Sorry, mm-hmm. every woman for themselves in these trying times. Like, <sighs> I just need to get out of here. Good luck. <laughs> Maybe they'll give you the same deal. I doubt it. <laughs> Other evidence included the discovery of poppets, which I was reading a book called The Discovery of Witches. Fun fact. It's a really good book. It's modern time witches. Nothing like It's so good. I recommend it. But uh, they kept talking about poppets, and I'm picturing, like, the flower, like I'm, which I'm pretty sure oh, is yeah. poppy. I don't know if a poppet is also a flower. But I was like, what is a poppet? A poppet is a little doll, essentially. And I didn't know what that oh. was when I was reading it. I was like, what is this? So I guess if you found a little doll, because they would kind of be used for voodoo and stuff, or that kind of oh. witchcraft. Oh, got some Cor- was it Coraline yeah. vibes up in this bitch. I've never seen Coraline, but sure. Oh my uh, god, you've never seen Coraline? I'm scared of a window above my bedroom door. You think yeah, I'm going to watch you'd be Coraline? Really scared of Coraline. <laughs> exactly. No. That's about a little door, so you would be super freaked. I know enough that I don't want to watch it. Also, if they found books of palmistry and horoscopes, or, or pots of ointments in possession of the home of the accused, they would be called witches and observation of what were called witches teats on the body of the accused and a witch's teat was said to either be a mole or a blemish somewhere on the body that was insensitive to touch or a birthmark and discovery of such insensitive areas was considered de facto evidence of witchcraft this would sometimes be discussed so if they found a mole or a birthmark or something they would insert needles into the mole to see if the witch felt pain. And I'm not talking little baby needle. I'm talking Yikes. one of these massive ass, like it would touch bone needle. Oh, God. And of course, there would be in a lot of pain. And they're like, oh, they're faking. And it's like, what? <laughs> what in me? the actual world? What in the, what in the actual world? I'm covered in freckles. I have freckles all over my body. <laughs> That wouldn't have worked yeah, out for I mean, me. I had a I had a giant mole re- removed from my back that was like freaking like it was it was like the size of almost a nickel. Like it was a freaking witch. huge. They would have to, <laughs> they would have to look at that and then like they would have been like, holy, she's the mother of witches. <laughs> she's, this is a huge ass. Yeah. <laughs> so overall, oh I just God. wanted to go over some of the things that could get you accused of being a witch. So if you were very old. Or very young. So you better not be born and you better not age. Yes. If you could support yourself financially, or if you could not support yourself financially, you could be accused of being a witch. If you tended to hang out with groups of women, you were a witch. If you did not attend church as regularly as they believed. If you did not have children. If your neighbors were having problems conceiving children. And last but not least, if you had a birthmark, essentially, all of these could be grounds for accusing you of being a witch. What? So do, just just breathe. Just go somewhere <laughs> in the middle of the woods and stand and breathe. And then oh god, pray don't that go no in the woods. You. If they see you in oh, the woods, you're just gonna be oh, hung god, immediately. They're gonna be like she's frolicking <laughs> just, into the forest. Just freaking, just freaking stand in the middle of town. <laughs> don't look at anybody. Just breathe and close your eyes. No, keep them open. <laughs> don't close do anything. Stuff. Just keep them open. Just stop existing. Jeez. So the cause of the symptoms of those who claimed affliction continues to be a subject of interest. Uh, Various medical and psychological explanations for the observed symptoms have been explored by researchers, including psychological hysteria in response to Indian attacks, convulsive 
ergotism caused by eating rye bread made from grain infected by the fungus Claviceps purpurea, a natural substance from which LSD is derived. Hey yo! Other ideas were an epidemic of bird bone encephalitis lethargica and sleep paralysis to explain the nocturnal attacks alleged by some of the accusers. So there's a whole bunch of different scientific explanations maybe. But some modern historians are less inclined to focus on the biological explanations, preferring instead to explore motivations such as jealousy, spite, and a need for attention to explain this behavior, which honestly is the kind of one I'm erring on the side with. I feel like it was a bunch of little girls who started off not getting enough attention from their pastor father and thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pretend to have some fits. And then I think it got out of hand really quickly. And they were just like, tell us who did this. And they were like, oh, shit, I'm nine years old. I am scared. Yeah. Oh, my God. I That's my theory is that just these little girls got in way over their head and were just like, uh, and then they were given all this power. All of a sudden, they're all like looking at each other like, we just killed like 30 people. Like, we yeah. got 30 people murdered. Oh, my God. <laughs> my, and then today at the 300th anniversary, which was actually in 1992, To commemorate the victims of the trials, a park was dedicated in Salem and a memorial in Danvers. In November 2001, an act passed by the Massachusetts legislature exonerated five people, while another one passed in 1957 had previously exonerated six other victims. As of 2004, there was still talk about exonerating all of the victims, though some think that happened in the 19th century as the Massachusetts colonial legislature was asked to reverse the attainers of George Burroughs and others. In January 2016, the University of Virginia announced its Gallows Hill Project team had determined the execution site in Salem where the 19 witches had been hanged. The city dedicated the Proctor's Ledge Memorial to the victims there in 2017. And that is kind of a minor... Actually, that was four pages of notes. (laughs) So that was... That's crazy. The story of the Salem witch trials and essentially what happened. And I didn't go fully into details with everything because just so much happened in this time span. It was just a matter of mass hysteria of if you get accused, then you need to accuse someone else so that it lessens the burden on you because they'll torture you until you give a name. And it was just all this madness, essentially. And so it was just not a good time to be a woman essentially. Although I guess a few men were accused too, but mainly women. Yeah. I think I remember during school, they talked about some of the tests they would do to see if you were a witch or not. Mm -hmm. And one of them, this stuck with me. One of them was you were tied up and a weight was tied to your feet. Right? I mean, my thoughts were like, okay, let's do this test. (laughs) Kidding. (laughs) Kidding. Joking. Um, And a weight was tied to your feet and you were thrown into a lake. And if you floated, you were a witch. And if you drowned, you weren't. Yeah. So it was like... That was exactly one of the tests. They'd be like, oh shit, sorry, she died. Guess she wasn't a witch. Moving on. And it's like, well, I guess I guess her spirit can rest easy now. Yeah. We that's, know that they would literally she's like, free. They would just kind of be like, oh, that's a bummer. And then just, okay, next one. And it's like, uh, no. That, that, after hearing that, I was like, that is so, like, you just can't win. You can't win. No. You either was, drown innocent yeah. or you live guilty. A lot of the tests were either excruciating pain or death that would prove your innocence or you were a witch and it was just like and then obviously they would all be in a lot of pain or dying and they're like wow (laughs) shocker me off (sighs) times were different and stupid gosh well on a similar note i actually ended up doing werewolves which i feel like is almost like a mere thing to witches sometimes i feel like the two of them go hand in hand though there wasn't like a big werewolf trial or (laughs) werewolf murdering it was just a lot of um actually a lot of the werewolves were serial killers but we we can we can get there (laughs) yeah (laughs) what (laughs) jacob no (laughs) so my my thoughts exactly dang jacob um so, the werewolf is a mythological animal and is often seen in one of two forms, which I think we're all familiar with. One is either people who transform into wolves or a mutant combination where the person 
transforms into this like half and half beast where it's like a where like a wolf oh. on two legs but they're like kind of Ooh. like a lupin situation oh, okay. or like yeah. a um like a horror movie werewolf where he's like huge and yeah like his clothes yeah. rip off but he's I still kind of mean. wearing pants and it's just like it's just like a weird situation so that's kind of like the two you see throughout history the most but regardless of their physical forms all of them are bloodthirsty beasts who cannot control their lust for killing people and animals. So once they transform into any sort of werewolf, their humanity is just completely gone. Um, The first mentioning of our our little werewolf people would be in the Epic of Gilgamesh in 1800 BC. I know, it goes way back. Like, we're talking. (laughs) So at that point... Um, so this is where scholars believe werewolves first be de- were first debuted. Um, a woman had turned her previous lover into a wolf. So oh. that's kind of like where you're getting this example of like people are all of a sudden turning into dogs. So she was just like, a know, furry. She wanted him to wear a yeah. fur suit. Leave her alone. Let's let's think about how far back furries go. Because <laughs> Epic of Gilgamesh, 1800 BC. <laughs> there you go. Just saying. <laughs> first primary example. Just saying. Um, and they also appear a lot in Greek mythology. The legend of Lycan, which I believe that's how it's pronounced, um, according ah. to that legend, uh, Lycan, the son of Pelasgus, angered the god Zeus when he served him a meal made of the remains of a sacrificed boy. And I'd be mad too. Zeus had every right to be upset. I mean, Zeus has done some weird shit. So, like, he... And that's true. He transformed into a swan and, like, raped a woman. So, yeah. Yeah. Still, understandable. I wouldn't want to either. But Zeus shouldn't be throwing stones in glass houses is all I'm saying. (laughs) Facts. So, as punishment, the enraged Zeus turned Lycan and his sons to wolves. So they had to be dogs forever. Um, it's also evident in early Nordic folklore. The, the saga of the Valsungs tells the story of a father and son who discovered wolf pelts that had the power to turn people into wolves for 10 days. Um, the, the duo had donned the pelts and upon wearing them were turned into wolves, but unfortunately they lost pretty much all of their humanity and they couldn't remember what or who they were. And they went on a huge killing rampage in a forest and the rampage only ended after the father turned and attacked his son nearly killing him um but they were saved by like a really kind raven who had like a magical leaf and they like put the leaf on the wound and it was like oh and then (laughs) there was a golden light (laughs) basically so you know lots of lots of people turning into dogs really really early on um, and as time continues, you get into like 1520, 1600s, it turns out that a lot of these like so-called werewolves that were being reported were actually serial killers. And this was really popular in France for some reason. In that area, it was like werewolf serial killers were like a really big thing. So in 1520, there was a Frenchman named Pierre Burgot. And um, a guy named, I believe, it, I think it's Mikel, Mikel Verdun. Um, they swore allegiance to the devil and claimed to have an ointment that turned them into wolves. Uh, they, you know, using this excuse, they were able to brutally murder several children. Uh, and, oh yeah, a oh. lot of a lot of these werewolf serial killers are are kid killers. What I know? Why the kids? <laughs> Leave the kids alone. Let's not turn into dogs for one. Let's and then let's not kill children. Okay, like literally simple rules. Simple rules to live by. I don't know why you have to go out of control. They were burned at the stake for this because apparently the only way to kill a werewolf is to burn them at the stake. Um, another another Frenchman in the 16th century was Giles Garner. He was known as the Werewolf of Dole. Um, he claimed to also have an ointment. <laughs> I don't know where they're getting this freaking ointment from. Who was your pharmacist? I need to know. <laughs> they also had an ointment that gave him wolf morphing abilities. And he said also this guy, as a wolf, he claimed to viciously kill and eat children. 
Like, why, dude? And then they burned him too. They sprung him up and burned him at the stake because he's uh, ill eating children. So I mean, it's just like. That's I fair. Mean, do, that's fair. It's just like, why are you people doing this? Like, they, there's the odds of them knowing each other are super slim. So I'm just trying to figure out where this all comes into play, where somehow werewolves and eating children crossed paths. I just, I'm really confused. Um,. In Germany, Peter Stebb was a wealthy 15th century farmer. He was from Bedburg. He was apparently the most notorious werewolf. Now, he would turn into a wolf-like creature at night, and he would devour the citizens of Bedburg. Um, He was eventually caught and charged for the gruesome killings because he was cornered by hunters who claimed to see him shapeshift from a wolf back into a human. Again, he, he confessed to killing animals men women and children and eating them which is disgusting like i don't know what's up with this eating people like stop uh, yeah people. why is, is there's better starving <laughs> are you all like that's what that's what well, he, he was a wealthy he was farmer, a farmer. So no, yeah wait, wait, wait he was a wealthy farmer my man you got other food sources yeah. i mean like 15th century you're wealthy and a farmer in germany you had everything going for you you were doing okay like oh my god I digress. Apparently he had an enchanted belt and that helped him turn into a wolf, but they never found the belt. It just, he was like, I wear a special sash that turns me into a dog and I eat babies. And they're like, you're going to die. Okay. (laughs) That's enough. That's enough out of you, sir. Uh, You're done. You're cut off. Um, Basically. So legends maintain that werewolves um, usually shift with the help of an object, whether that be like an ointment or a belt of some sort, it was only later that people started to kind of tie in together this idea of like a full moon situation. Hmm. But it wasn't it wasn't common that they, they the idea of I guess werewolves and moons weren't part of the original legend of the werewolf. Um, so a lot of people were, you know, they thought this was super far fetched that a full moon would have any sort of effect on people, but. Apparently, according to a study conducted at Australia's Calvary Mater Mater Newcastle Hospital, I believe. Hey, Newcastle! Yeah! (laughs) Um, They said that a full moon brings out the beast. The beast in humans, like a beast man, makes him go crazy. Maybe not transform, but it just brings out this animalistic behavior in people. And there were... At the hospital, between August 2008 and 2009, there were 91 acute behavior incidents. And, but, I mean, only 23% occurred during a full moon. So, I feel like that can't even, like, really be... I just Googled it because I was curious. I was like, what is the moon tonight? But, apparently, it's a waxing gibbous. It's not a full moon. Uh, so, we're fine. <laughs> we're yeah, chill. we're good right now. Oh, to be... To be honest, I, not to be crazy, because we all know I'm, like, really into the alien crazy stuff. Like, I don't, I feel like the, I feel like we're in a freaking simulation. It's a whole uh-huh. thing. But every single time I've ever been, almost, I can almost, like, 98% of the time, I've ever been, like, in a bad mood or felt really off or just, like, was not getting along with my mom or just anything. It was, I'm not even joking, always on a full moon. And I brought this up. To my grandma, and she told me she was like, "That's common." She's like, "She's like in this family, whenever a full moon's around, we call it the crazies. Everyone in the family, all the women, we get really, un- really grumpy, really nasty, really on edge, and then the next morning, bam, it's done." Your family, I have no doubt that there is either <laughs> witchcraft or a curse in your family because the shit that happened, like. <laughs> what oh and i talked to my mom she believes my last house was haunted because guess what she told me guess what she told me what she saw she saw a shadow man in the hallway stop. too. stop nope i'm home alone don't do this to me <laughs> she told me i don't <laughs> to, for listeners wait I, I don't know what episode it was but we talked about oh, I don't know. shadow people i think i did at some point or it was pretty whatever. early on yeah, and I talked about how I had an experience in my old house where I woke up and after assuring myself that I was awake, I saw a shadow person oh. at my door waving at me and I waved back and it waved back and it was a whole thing. And I brought it up to my mom last week 
And she said some nights she would wake up in the middle of the night and she would see a shadow man at the end of the hallway where I would always see him. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, it's official. That place was fucked up. (laughs) Uh, I also want to mention that the next full moon is October 1st, but then after that, guess when the next full moon is? Is it Halloween? It's fucking Halloween, girl. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Next full moon! It's gonna be a crazy year. Right? Oh my god. God October 1st is my brother's birthday. Well, he's haunted himself, so... That's true. Sorry, yeah, Eric. I'm kidding. <laughs> you mentioned that my family might be haunted. My grandma always talked about being able to have intense gut feelings about things, and then those things would actually happen. And she said that it's like even her. So, like my great great grandmother would mention this, and then my great 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 grandmother would mention this that our family has like an extra sense that has been passed down to the women on my mom's side. And that's why sometimes we go crazy during, like, the full moons or <gasps> why when we put ourselves in situations, we get really bad gut feelings, why we see things at night, why we dream weird stuff. So who knows what happens. I don't have any, like, somewhere. family tales. I'm really boring. I just, like... Well, you might. You never know. I mean, don't. you never know. I don't know. Any, like it's gonna bring it down but like all my grandparents have passed away so i can't really ask <laughs> it's okay one of mine is like oh god what can i say without i mean statute of limitations how far does that go <laughs> it depends <laughs> on what the case is <gasps> all right good talk next topic well, that's, a, that's a story for a different day <laughs> that's a story or a different day. I'll get back to you in 10 years. All right. <laughs> After she dies. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I'm actually crying right now. But yeah, so my family's full of lunatics. We're probably werewolves. We're probably cursed. We're probably witches. Who knows what's going on? Hey, gotta tap on. into that. See what's going on. <laughs> right? God. So funny. Where was I? Oh, yeah. So apparently those patients during those like 91 violent acute behavioral incidents at the hospital, they would bite, spit and scratch and exhibit only wolf like behaviors, which that is a little weird. You know, if 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 only the attacks on the on the full moon were like that, that is a little weird. But also 23 percent of 91 attacks like it's a really small number, and those people could have just been crazy and like wanted to be like that. They yeah. with that small of a number, they could have easily been like, "I want to be full moon crazy," you know, like. But yeah, I digress. Um, the some say that the werewolf phenomenon does have a medical explanation. This can be an example with uh, Peter the Wild Boy. So in seventeen twenty five, there was a boy. Named Peter, he was found wandering naked on all fours through a German forest. And many had assumed, based on sort of his inner, like how he acted, how he walked, how he just did his whatever, that he was a werewolf or he was raised by wolves. Um, he ate with his hands. He could not speak at all. Um, and eventually he was, I, I don't want to say like adopted. He was, oh, there's a book. <laughs> No, I was like, oh, can you see? I just blew too. out the two candles on the side of me, but one of them is like smoking. <laughs> I'm just like <laughs> trying to clear the air so I <laughs> don't set off the fire alarm. But I was like, whoops. <laughs> Sorry. Over here. Um, it's good girl. But this boy, he like I don't want to say he was like adopted, but he was picked up by King George the First and King George the Second, like their courts basically. Mm. And he kind of just became the court pet. I don't yeah. like the term adopted in this sense. It's more like he was just taken. Taken, yeah. Yeah, taken from the woods. Um, it wasn't until 1978, after extensive research kind of on the history of Peter the Wild Boy, that it was discovered that he most likely had Pete Hopkins syndrome, which is a condition that causes lack of speech, seizures, distinct facial features, difficulty breathing, and intellectual intellectual oh. changes. So that kind of, I guess, I didn't look up what the distinct facial features were, but if they're comparing him to being raised by wolves or being a werewolf, I can only imagine what those distinct facial features were at that time. 
Oh, God. I'm just let Peter rest in peace. I'm not going to dwell into his probably sick, sick experience of the courts. Yikes. Um, other medical conditions that could incor- encourage werewolf mania were lycanthropy, which I'm sure people know is the sickness that people believe you have yeah. if you turn into a werewolf. Obviously, there's no proven cases of, of lycanthropy, mm. but there it's it's in the medical journal. Like it's it's okay. a thing. Okay. Um, there's food food poisoning. I guess people who got really sick from food were thought to be werewolves. Oh, I would not do well in that time. Oh yeah, you would be. <laughs> Me and my sensitive ass IBS stomach would be like, oh no, werewolf burner at the stake. <laughs> I'm a witchy werewolf. You you can. Oh god. They'd have to burn you though, because that's the only way you can kill a werewolf. Is with fire. Um, Hypertrichosis was excessive hair growth. I was gonna Um, say, yeah, that's the like. I remember that Guinness World Record. He was called Wolf Boy, and he just has like hair on his. Yeah, and that's like literally hair everywhere, like cheeks, nose, forehead, hands, like Mm. any place that you wouldn't at this day and age find hair like naturally or i guess not it's not unnatural but in a percentage of where hair grows and where it shouldn't like hi- hypertrichosis would be because we, we all have hair all over our body it's just much thicker like you can see it yeah it's it's essentially you have and a I'm whole sure head it has, of hair it but... has the texture of actual hair too yeah like yeah, it yeah. has head hair texture yeah which is also different than what normally grows mm-hmm. as peach fuzz on your face um rabies if you had rabies you were thought to be a werewolf rabies scares the shit out of me i'm not gonna lie that's one of the things that fucks me up the most especially being in the animal science field it scares me so much when people will be like i found this raccoon and it bit me but like please treat him and it's, i'm like it's no. like zombie-esque right yeah. you get like crazy it, there's like 99 percent fatality like you're dying there's no there's Sorry. no like getting over it. Like, you have to get no, the you have shot. No, get, you have to get the shot whatever. before you have symptoms. So, PSA, if you get bit by a weird animal or scratched or somehow saliva, get the vaccine. Because once you have symptoms, you're done for. That's it. You can't. I'm sorry. So your organs are shut and down. also, if you wake up and there is a bat in your bedroom, also go get the shot. Because you can't always see the teeth marks from bats because they're so small. They're... Yeah, they're like little needles. Yes. Ching, These ching. are the things I worry about at night. Just Yeah. Don't don't risk becoming a vampire as much as you want it. You will get rabies and yeah. you'll die. You will get rabies. Uh throwback to our friend Sophia in second grade. She picked up a bat that was in broad daylight on the ground and she got bit. Sophia. And we had to have a whole school assembly about the dangers of picking up wild animals. You can't do that, bro. You can't Thanks, be so. picking up bats they're like please don't do this <laughs> literally bad <laughs> Not nope. smart. put it down oh gosh um and hallucinations people would hallucinate seeing things especially at night especially when they're afraid so if they see someone strange wandering in the woods you know and it's like Two in the morning and light hasn't been invented yet. Yeah, you. I might think you're a werewolf. <laughs> light I might wasn't hallucinate invented. something in my fear. No sunlight. I don't the know. whole world was just dark. No, wait, did I say sunlight? I meant light. No, I mean <laughs> you said light. light. You said light, but like in my brain, I was picturing just light. You mean like light bulbs sunlight. and stuff? But my brain light was just bulbs. like there is no electricity. Light. The whole With world no is in black and white. <laughs> if you're if you're walking in the dark, and God forbid you're a little hairy. True. Sorry. Werewolf. Even now, <laughs> I'm walking at night. If I see anyone, oh yeah, near me, if I'm I like, see no. you in the woods and you're excessively hairy and it's two in the morning, werewolf, you can't I lie mean, to me. What are you doing in the woods at two in the morning? Hmm. Yeah, that's true. Got you there. That's true. <laughs> one time, one time I did get really drunk, and I did leave my apartment at two in the morning, and I did go to the woods. I mean, no. Uh, I can't be stopped. Uh. <laughs> once, once I, once I feel the crazies, I just go. I'm like sayonara. Two a.m. It's not even real life at two a.m. Like that's a different time. That's a different plane of existence. 
Oh my god. Not recommended for people under the age of 21. Do not act on those behaviors until you are 18 have in ex- Europe. Yeah. Or 18 in Europe. You know. Okay. Don't do that illegally. Oh. I've done it illegally too, but you know what? <laughs> not advised. I waited until I was 21. <laughs> oh god. Oh, we're doing our best. We're honestly <laughs> doing our best. But yeah, so that's kind of... Now there's like werewolves in popular culture. You have... You know, Harry Potter, werewolves in Harry Potter. Yeah. You've got Twilight, which, you know, got Team, oh, team Jacob. Are you Team Edward, Edward or Team depends. Jacob? Well, when I, was, when I was a teen, I was Team Jacob for sure. Mm. But now I have this, like, attraction to, like, Robert Pattinson. So I'm like, oh, God, I think as an adult, I'm Team Edward. I think uh, as a grown woman, I'm Team Edward. I was always Team Edward. <laughs> <laughs> I had this like I had this insane attraction to Taylor Lautner as a teenager. Like I was like that that man is tall and dark and handsome <laughs> and just like wow. But now that I'm like a, like a just like a grown woman, I'm he like, like no, a child. I'm pale and sad. <laughs> <laughs> I like my men. Oh my god, my sweatshirt <laughs> on the back of my chair just fell off and. My hands are so sweaty. Uh, it, it literally felt like someone like grazed their hand down my back. Because of- Hell oh. no. Oh, God. It's like the scary story you were last week. There's like a woman under your bed. Stop. Yeah. 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 Which I looked it up. I was like, why does Shofar sound so familiar? And it's a Jewish horn that you like blow on holidays. Oh. I was like, what? Like, what is going on? Yeah, it's like it's made from like a ram horn. Oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, like when I was reading that out loud, I didn't say anything the first time because I was like, I don't want to sound stupid, but I was like, this sounds I just saw a video on TikTok of someone using that. (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I like started watching all of Trisha Paytas's no videos. Just as, because I had to witness the train wreck of her whole, uh, like, Jewish experience or whatever she's doing. Oh, no. But ever since oh. watching them, oh, have you seen her videos? I saw the Hala briefly. Oh, God. I didn't oh, know she God. was trying to have a Jewish experience. Oh, no. It's so bad. It's, you have to go watch it. It's a lot. I will. I will. It's a lot. Oh. It's a lot to take in. I'm, like, watching it, and I was like, how can this be allowed? Is this legal? But... Um, apparently her boyfriend, I guess, is Jewish, but I guess a lot of people are kind of, you know, they're offended. I'm even offended and I'm not Jewish. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, you can't, she, oh God, she puts, she, <laughs> she takes an apple. You saw the apple one, right? No. <laughs> she takes an apple and she's like, she's like, we put honey on apple to signify sweet things in the future. And I'm hoping for a sweet, sweet ass and for sweet, <gasps> sweet lovins. And I know I was like, something about that is so not right. I mean, she's not wrong about we put the honey on the apple during Rosh Hashanah because it's like a sweet new year kind of thing. But not yeah. for that reason. <laughs> That's what I said. I was like, <sighs> wow. I was like, what the heck? But on the plus side, um, my feed now. I am getting so many just like wholesome Jewish videos of like Jewish families like <laughs> blowing the horn and like all their cooking and I'm like wow I was like I didn't I've learned so much in one week from this culture I had no idea I didn't know really anything about Jewish culture and, but yeah it's so wholesome I'm like look at these little families they're outside and they're cheering and they're blowing their horn and I was yeah. like wow. <laughs> I'm like tapping all this. I'm like on Jewish TikTok, and I'm like, Let's go. like I it's love it. Just vibing. I love it. <laughs> Welcome, whole vibe. Welcome to Jewish TikTok. Oh, so thank you. Yeah. So Trisha, I mean, your videos are fucking fucked up, but it opened a new world for me based mm-hmm. on my algorithm. <laughs> so I guess look on the bright side. But that's it. That's where it was. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, how did we end up on this stuff? How do we do? We always do this where we're just like, I, I feel like I'm partially to blame. You'll be like, werewolves. And I'm like, well, have you considered this? And then I just go on a different. Well, well have you considered something completely different than mm-hmm. what you're about to talk about? Oh my God. Yeah. So 
Emmy has drawn a very spicy witch for this week's Patreon. And she is... Yep, that'll be going on. Hella cute. I'll be uploading that (laughs) shortly. She is who I I'll be doing a bonus one as well. I'll be doing another bonus one this week. I didn't even know that. (laughs) I know. I'm going to add a little bonus now that I'm talking about this werewolf stuff. I'm getting a little... (gasps) I'm like a little, little swim, we need a little werewolf Ooh, man up in this bitch. Huh? Oh, dear. Dear. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'll get that bad boy done. <sighs> but yeah, so um, thank you to our Patreon people. Thank you, Cassia and Carrie. As always, we are happy to have you. you with us. Very um, much so. Yeah. <laughs> we, we did, did it. Again. And as always, we are your hosts. I'm Emmy. And I'm Julia. And stay spooky, my friends. Bye.